Hello, hello, and welcome to Trucking Answers. It's the trucking podcast that other podcasts listen to to decide what they are going to talk about. So today I'm here with my co-host, Gracie. Now, I just filled the bird feeder, as usual, I do in the morning. And who's out there? Squirrely. And is she doing anything about it? No. So she's not in here right now, but she could come back at any moment to interject exactly what she has to say. Today, we're going to have some trucking news, mainly about AB5, some automotive news in this unabridged version, and yet another reason why we are not on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? That's right, because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people here on this planet that are preventing us from going there. We either have to take more time with them or incarcerate them and give them dry cheese sandwiches or many other things that we have to do with them, uh, support all their kids um, and all that kind of stuff. So that's the story here today and that's what we're going to be doing and so ab5 is in the news and by the way i have a video about this that is coming out as well to go along with this if you'd like to see me in person talking about it but we can talk more about it here and uh the video i will mention the podcast see how we cross reference those things that's how a professional does it so (laughs) it's professional all right so amateurs look at me and go well i hope he improves at some point so Here we go with that. So AB5 law in California. Okay. And by the way, as I said in the video, there's going to be a lot of headlines and stuff that say owner operators are dead. They're over. You're not going to be able to be an owner operator. You might as well go sell lemonade at a lemonade stand, all kinds of stuff like that. None of that is true. Okay. None of that is true. But what AB5 does say is uh, something interesting, right? So AB5 in California defines who and who isn't not an employee because California of all the states probably has the largest amount of people that are misclassified. And what happened is uh, there's been a petition to hold AB5 ruling to have the Supreme Court look at it. And the Supreme Court just said, we're not going to look at it. And so that means that the last ruling, which is the Ninth Court of Appeal, stands. Okay, and then the injunction ends that they had in it. So they couldn't enforce. It's been a rule since 2019, but not enforced pending the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said we are not going to look at it. And so the ruling is going to stand. The hold will be released maybe even today, as early as today, certainly in the next few days. And uh, that's the thing. And so who comes out against it, of course? California Trucking Association. Gasoline has been poured on the fire that is our ongoing supply chain. Right? No, no, that's not true at all. Of course, owner operators have long-standing independent businesses. Not really, because they have violated the regulations. So, what exactly does AB5 say? What is the ABC test in it? Well, there's three prongs. You have to be free from the employer's control or direction in performing your work. And that means all control. Okay, for instance, this mainly goes to build at least trucks. But also for owner operators that lease onto a carrier that do not have their own authority. And also 1099 drivers. But uh, one thing that I hear a lot from people that write to me about is insurance. Mark, uh, they make me buy their insurance. Okay, they cannot make you buy their insurance. And as I always say in this and have to say, and here I go off, I'm going to go off on a lot of tangents. I'm not an attorney. So nothing that you hear is legal advice. If you want legal advice, Go seek the advice of a licensed attorney of your choosing. Mark, why do you say that all the time? We understand that. Well, there could be new people listening. And it's uh, it's not legal for you to give legal advice if you're not a licensed attorney. All right. So, But it is legal for you to give your opinion, which is what I'm giving. 
but don't take this as legal advice, and so I don't want some attorney or anybody else to think I'm giving legal advice out. So I try to remind people of that, and it just is good for everybody. So you have to be free from control. Also, like they can't tell you have to fuel here. You have to go here. You have to get your truck fixed here. You have to do a service at this point. You have to, none of, They can't do any of those things. Uniforms, that was a big one. Conway, I think, got in trouble for that, or maybe FedEx. I don't remember which one. They had, you know, owner-operators, in air quotes, 1099 drivers, made them wear uniforms. Can't do it. That was another case that went out just well. Cannot make you wear a uniform. Okay, all they can require is anything that OSHA requires. For instance, if you're in an area that uh, OSHA requires safety glasses, they can, main, they can mandate that you wear safety glasses in that area because you're required to. But not as part of your employment. They can't, they can't give you a route. They can't tell you where to buy fuel. They can't do any of these things. They can't tell you what time to start each day or what time to end each day. All right, they can't do that. They can't tell you what days you will work and what days you will not work. Okay, they can't tell you what runs you will take and what runs you will not take. All of those are part of control, and all of those have been decided by other cases. They can't decide any of that for you. You have to be able to control your day in its entirety. Time you start, time you end, what you wear, how you get there, everything about the job has to be yours. Okay, that's pretty simple, really, to figure out. I'm going to go to the third part next because the second part is the real sticking point. The third part is the worker has to be engaged in an otherwise independent trade, an occupation, or profession. So the trade itself that you're engaged in has to be considered to be independent. So there have to be a lot of people that are, you know, independent contractors uh, in that trade. can't be something that where basically everybody is an employee. For instance, I don't know, like a forklift driver in a warehouse well those people are employees right because they're at the direction of everything so you can't go in there and be independent contractor driving a forklift in, you know some big box stores warehouse that wouldn't work because it wouldn't fit number three the problem that everybody had uh, from oi to every owner operator and everybody else had uh prime and all these people number two the work has to take place outside the usual course of the business of the company and off the site of the business well that's easy off site for truck drivers but it has to be outside the usual course of business. So a trucking company cannot hire truck drivers as independent contractors, whether they lease a truck from them or just drive a truck or whatever, because that is the usual course of the business uh, for that company, usual course of business. That's what they do. So this is why Prime pulled out of California and Landstar, uh, because what does Prime do, okay? Besides going slow and holding everybody up and annoying people and uh, team training and all this other stuff, what, what do they do, though? What is their main business? Moving freight, right? They move freight. New Prime Inc., right? <laughs> so uh, having drivers move freight, no, that is the usual course of the business of the company, as number two of this ABC test says. Therefore, they wouldn't pass that sniff test and wouldn't be able to use people independently. In, in that, whether they are 1099 people that drive a prime truck, which I don't even know if prime does any of that, to be honest with you, or whether they lease a truck from prime. You can't be independent under number two in California. And by the way, this only affects California at the moment. Although New Jersey is almost ready to pass this, Illinois is starting to get ready to do it. And there are a couple of other states that were looking at it, waiting for the decision, they said. 
I think it's going to spread to many states. And that's why um, companies are up in arms about it. How many companies are out there around the Chicagoland area using 1099 people, you know, who drive a company truck? You cannot. I'll tell you this, even though I'm not a lawyer, so it's not legal advice. You cannot drive somebody else's truck where they pay for the truck. They pay for the fuel. They dispatch you. All right. They tell you where to go. You there is no way you are 1099 under this regulation for that. No way. You have to be free from their control or direction. You have to supply the tools of the trade. That's another test, right? A tool of the trade for a driver would be what? The truck. <laughs> That's how some of these companies get away. They lease you a truck. Okay. Now, what has been talked about is that what will happen in California and in other states, owner operators who think that the world is ending is not ending. You can continue to be an owner-operator running that gigantic truck with all those lights on it. And I know there's some people on the channel that do it very successfully, by the way, because of the rates that they get. And God love you, right? I'm all for it. I would love to drive a truck. I had a W900L for a while as a company driver years ago. I loved it, right? Driving that big truck around, super nice. So I just felt more like a driver in it. All you have to do is get your own authority. All right. And so see your tax professional for details and a lawyer and everybody else. But what will happen is and what companies there have already done. And I think either Landstar or Prime, one of them did tell that because somebody sent me a letter about it. That they would say they were saying, look, you must get your own authority, uh, you know, for us to give you freight in California. And because then you are not an independent contractor of the carrier. All right. They're not independently contracting you. They are giving their work to another company. Example. And now let's go to plumbing. And I don't know why. Uh, maybe because a lot of trucking is crap. So, but <laughs> That's hilarious. So you're a plumbing con store, Joe's Plumbing. All right. And you run a plumbing thing and you have a bunch of people call in because it was Taco Tuesday. So on Wednesday, you get a bunch of calls. People have stuffed up all their plumbing. Well, there's two things you could do. You could have a bunch of independent contractors, so independent plumbers that you call and say, hey, can you go do this? You're an independent contractor, but they don't work for you. They're just like, you know, either people you know or they, they work for you a lot here and there. You call them when you need them, you know, like a flexible workforce kind of thing. Well, you can't do that under this because the they are doing the work for your business, the normal course of your business. But what you could do is give this job. Okay. You go, okay, we'll do it. And then you call up Jim's plumbing, another legitimate business and say, Hey, go take care of this, whatever that would be allowed because that business is not an independent contractor. It is a legitimate business. Some places, this they said also that what this might lead to, actually, the downside of it is more temps. Because a company, which I don't agree with. Okay, let's get that straight right now. I, there are companies that I know of that use temps for years, right? Years. And I totally don't agree with it. 30 days. Otherwise, it should hire somebody. But what the company can do, rather than having an independent contractor, you work for a temp service manpower, whatever. And 
then they call manpower and go, we need a driver. Manpower can provide a driver because, why? The trucking company is not hiring you as an independent contractor. They are paying manpower, all right? They are paying manpower as a business. So it's a business-to-business -business transaction, B2B. And that's what ABC needs to be B2B. ABC, right? Easy as one, two, three, right? Now, you want me to do the whole thing? I'll do it. I swear I'll do it. And you know you'll love it and you'll be singing with me. Come on now. But uh, seriously, that's the problem with AB5 and that is the solution to AB5. It doesn't mean every owner operator has to get out of the business. Okay, that isn't, that's not at all. The contracted workers that provide comparable services to a business are viewed as working the usual course of the entity's business. Simple. And what the law also says further into it is that in California, at least, because that's what this affects, you are considered an employee automatically. The, it is up to the business to prove you are not an employee. So everybody hired in California is an employee. And if they are not paying you properly, it is up to them to prove why that is. And what California said they're going to do now is start going through everybody's taxes especially business taxes where they've paid this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, so if, unless you're getting paid cash from somebody who doesn't write it down as an owner operator, that's going to be a big problem for you because you are also violating this. Well, I didn't know you can't. That is not an excuse. OK, it's like a statutory other statutory things. All right. You can't violate it and you don't want to have those kind of problems. You can move to another state. You can do all that kind of stuff. Just like we talked about before from the 10th Amendment, from other issues, right? It's state by state. If you don't like the laws of a certain state, move. And why anybody would live in California other than the weather is just beyond me. It's 750 for gas. People poop on the streets. Uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. But uh, other than that, the weather is nice. But for this AB5, which I get constant questions about. Mark, I'm 1099. Is that allowed? No, because you're driving somebody else's truck. And the sad part, the sad time is when I'll get a comment which i get probably once a month i'll get a letter from somebody that got hurt because truck driving you know whether you believe it or not or whatever is one of the most dangerous professions in the united states not for deaths for injuries and uh the proof of that is go try to buy health insurance or workman's compensation insurance especially on your own for yourself you know saying oh well I, you know i drive a truck good luck with that Okay, long and short term disability for truck drivers is crazy because of the number of injuries. You're very likely, more than 50% likely to be injured at some point during your career driving a truck. Now, that doesn't mean an injury like you're a paraplegic, right, and can't get around, but some kind of injury as a driver. And so I'll get letters, though, from people who have been injured seriously, uh, you know, and can't work. And don't call me seriously where a door has hit them or something has happened where they're injured, they hurt their back. That's a big injury problem in drivers. And uh, they're like, yeah, and the company's not doing anything. What should I do? I'm like, pay it. I mean, there's, you chose to be 1099, and so now you have this. So what I actually tell people to do also is go turn the place in. You won't work when comp. You're going to have to go turn them into the state and say, hey, this place wrongly misclassified me. And I'll tell you this. I had a lot of success with that. And people write back to me that say the state, because the state will do this for free for you, made them pay the bills because they don't have workman's comp and find the company. Now, you're not going to get your job back, but you will get all your medical bills paid under workman's comp, 
which is way better than them just giving the hospital a check. I'd rather have workers' comp so I can get my paycheck while I'm, uh, you know, recuperating. That There is a lot of success in that. But this AB5, will it affect a lot of trucking? Yeah, there's tons of 1099, and especially when this goes state to state. Jersey's next, all right? So look for New Jersey next. They are already right on the cusp of this. And then Illinois is after them. They're working on it in Illinois. So get ready. If you, especially if you're 1099 and driving somebody else's truck, you're already not allowed to do it. You are already, and what they're doing is going through the taxes to find you. So that's exactly how they're going to get you. Just like Al Capone, right? That's how they get you through the taxes. If you are leasing a truck from a carrier, which I never recommend to anybody, right? Uh, you have an issue in these states. You really do because that carrier, if they control any part of your business, you've got a problem. And I know there are leases where the insurance, sometimes it's built in or whatever. They can't make you buy their insurance. They can't make you buy load locks. I've seen that. They can't make you take your truck uh, in to like the dealer for service. You can take it anywhere you want. They can't make you buy their fuel. They can only give you a discount. Like they can offer insurance at a discount. They can offer insurance. They plate. Okay. They can't make you get the plate through them. They can't make you, uh, you know, do anything for the, get the truck lettered from them. They can't do any of that. All right. They're not allowed to do it. That's all control that they're not allowed to do. They can offer things. Offering is not mandating. They can't give you, uh, who was it? All right. They can't give you three loads to choose from. Right? That's not allowed, right? They got to let you decide. You say, I'm not taking them. They go, well, then sit there until you take one of them. No, right? That's not being, that's not given a choice. I'll start at seven tomorrow. Well, no, we got this load tonight you have to take. You don't have to do it. I'm not ever going to New York City. Oh, you have to go. No, you're not independent if they make you do any of that. You're an employee like me. They can make me go to New York City. Now, I wouldn't do it, all right? But my choice then is to quit or get fired. As an independent contractor, you just don't have to do it. That's the freedom that you get. But then there's some laws to follow, like this AB5 law, which is a big deal. There's going to be tons of videos today about it, many of them doom and gloom. Maybe I'll throw a doom and gloom thumbnail up there uh, also. <laughs> I, mine will not be a clickbait thumbnail, but there will be those where that's it. Trucking's over. We're done. Uh, don't believe any of that. Don't believe any of it. All right. So uh, that's what we want to say about AB5 today, really. I wanted to get that out there for people to understand it better than we can do in a video. Because, look, nobody wants to watch me for, you know, 19 and a half minutes, which is where we are now or so. On, uh, you know, 19.15 of a video. Nobody wants to watch that. You know, people barely want to listen to me through their ear hole. They don't want to even uh, certainly watch me through any other holes. Georgia did a big enforcement activity uh, for like two days, a couple weeks ago, and they uh, issued a bunch of violations, speeding, following too closely, huge violations. You know what? I wish they would arrest everybody for following too closely. I really do. I just cannot stand you drivers that follow too close. I don't understand it. What are you doing? Okay. What I'd like to see on a following too close is a six month suspension of license. How about that? And maybe speeding. What I've always thought about speeding is uh, if speeding, and this is for cars too, right? If speeding is such a safety problem, I would like to see the speeding fine to be 1% of your gross income from last year or a minimum amount for people that are trying to scam the system and not report anything. So if you made, uh, I don't know, 80 grand, one mile an hour over, each mile an hour will be $800. All right. So 10 over, $8,000. 
and it doubles every time that you get another ticket. Would you speed then? See that? Oh, Mark, you don't understand. I totally understand. Or I understand that people are not paid correctly. And by you speeding, which I've always said, you are merely allowing the company to pay you less. You know, you make less. You know, <laughs> that's the thing of it. You can get more work done in the same amount of time than you otherwise would be, which reduces the amount of drivers that are needed, and your pay does not go up. You're creating your own problem. When you do not follow the law and you do stuff illegal for your company, you only benefit the company. You risk your license. You benefit them, which reduces your pay. People are keeping their pay reduced by their own poor driving. Plus, I don't think you can go out and say, well, I'm a professional driver or whatever, and then Every single day at work, you break numerous laws purposely. I'm not saying like it's something that you didn't know or it was some kind of accident. You purposely speed all day and, uh, you know, do all this other stuff. And then you come to me and say, well, Mark, I'm a professional driver. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, so if it's 55 or whatever, 45. And somebody talked about this on the live show. You know, what about people that run 55 through a construction zone or whatever? Well, if that's the speed limit, uh, that's what I'm doing. Why you feel the need to pass me, I don't know. If it's if it's two lanes and no shoulders or whatever, I'm in the middle of the two lanes. Because I cannot tell you the people I've had my mirror clipped in those zones another few inches and we'd have been, you know, into the barrier because drivers are just not paying attention and they're speeding and I don't understand why they're speeding. I just don't understand. If somebody could could give me a legitimate reason, that's what I would like maybe today. A legitimate reason why somebody speeds either through a construction zone or anywhere else, I'd like to know about it. You know, some legitimate reason. Like, well, Mark, I transplant, I, I, I deliver uh, kidneys for transplant or something like that. Otherwise, I don't know what it would be, but I'd sure like to hear about it. You know, Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com, what might be a legitimate reason to go speeding through a construction zone where there's no shoulder in two 10-foot lanes? There have been a spate lately of these, and they, they come and go bunch of uh, illegal immigrants, uh, which is what we're going to call them on this show, died in a trailer in San Antonio. And then here in the news just now, there's another Jeep that was human sm smuggling humans, right, as it says, crashed with a truck, a bunch of people injured. Um, why might that be? Here's the thing. It's so easy in this country to get a job if you're legal that it's crazy. And it seems to me that the current administration is encouraging people to basically come here the only thing they're not doing is picking them up and taking them here you do know when people cross the border illegally they're flown to other cities by the government on flights and released into other cities to be absorbed because southern texas can only take so many people and what this does of course is it encourages people to come here some people said they came here from Venezuela. They walked here. Are you kidding me? Do you know how far it is from Venezuela to the, the Mexican, uh, you know, the Mexico-United States border? Let me tell you. It's about 2,600 miles as the crow flies. And I don't know if a crow can fly that far. And so even if that was the case, walking at 30 miles a day, that's nearly 90 days, three months of walking. How are people supplied with, uh, you know, I don't know, their basic needs, water, food, and everything? Plus, look at all the countries they have to go through. Why isn't this stopped? Because those countries know they're not stopping there. You know, El Salvador doesn't care. They're not stopping. They're just moving on through. So they must be getting uh, rides or help from, uh, you know, well-meaning uh, liberals, I suppose, along the way. And all that does, really, is reduce the pay for the lower-end people. That's why I don't understand in this country why people, especially people that don't make a lot of money, 
why they're not more mad about this. I mean, they're taking your jobs. Do you think they're coming in and becoming neurosurgeons? No. Or they're taking lower-end jobs that pay cash, of course, and that way they don't have to pay you anything. Uh, and it's hard for you to get a raise if you're at the bottom end of this. And that's why Indiana Packers out here forever gets busted because it's a terrible job. I cannot work, imagine working in a slaughterhouse. So what it needs to do really is pay more to get Americans to do it because they're like, well, we can't get Americans to do it. Well, yeah, it only pays 12 bucks an hour or whatever. I mean, you're better off working just standing there at Walmart greeting people, which pays more. So, of course, it doesn't pay anything. So it's tough to get people to do it. And uh, so what they do is just import people. And some trucking companies do this, too. They, you know, skirt the laws and use uh, the rules to get people in. Too, and it reduces everyone's pay. When people are not here legally, their everyone's pay is reduced. And, uh, you know, I don't want to hear about it. So save your bleeding heart emails where, oh, well, they have a tough in their country. Well, you know, it's tough all over, as they say. They, they should make their own country better. Invading another country, which is what I consider, it should not be allowed. All right, but this ends once there's no jobs. And, of course, what I've said before, you know, the way to do this is to punish the companies for hiring people. You know, if you hired someone, I'd probably, I'd probably give everybody one chance. I'm always like about giving a chance, so... We find somebody for every person that you have working there, you get fined, you know, 10 years of pay for that person, for each one person we find. So 10 people, you get 100 years of, of pay, fined out of their books. And the second time, the business is closed. Like Indiana Packers out here, I would have closed this place and sold the, and sold the business, you know, take it over by the government and sell it because they're breaking federal law all the time and they always say well we had no idea or whatever okay i guess you should do better checks uh you know on stuff like that and this is just going to continue to happen as long as you continue to feel like it's wrong to stop people from coming here uh, you know the countries along the way have much stricter rules than we do and that nobody seems to think anything about that but regardless as long as you have an open border you don't really have a country and it's sad to see this happening to my great fruited plane as you know we go down but look what they just did in chicago you can't chase people can't chase criminals and this just happened to this weekend some cop was running behind somebody and he was being heckled by a crowd i don't know how crowds gather so fast well, i guess they don't have jobs telling him hey you can't do that you can't chase people it's funny how people know that law they don't seem to know the laws about stealing, but they know the law. Oh, you can't chase anybody down or whatever. Yeah, brilliant. That's just a brilliant idea. Tell criminals that we're not going to chase you. Now, how about my way? As soon as you run, we shoot you and leave you on the street to die. How about that? That's what you call being tough on crime. And you don't have to do that to that many people. Mark, you're going to kill thousands of people. Not really. You only got to kill a few people. Because then the rest of the people, as soon as you tell them to stop, they'll pretty much stop. You know, they pretty much stop. You kill, once the news gets out that this kind of thing, and same in a car. You just shoot them out of the car. I really don't care. I'm, I so don't care about criminals. You know, we put all of our effort into, you know, goofy stuff like this. And so that's the only way to stop it is stopping it right where it lands. Stop it at the border with machine gun nests. Stop it, you know, on the streets. Just stop it. And the good thing here in uh, July... In Indiana, you won't need a license to carry a weapon with you, which, in my opinion, you should have never needed one anyways due to that dang Constitution thing. 
So in Indiana, it's open or concealed carry, your choice. You don't need otherwise, as long as you can otherwise legally own a weapon, you can carry it with you. So remember, your hands never run out of ammunition, though. So learn to use those first. And, uh, you know, weapons should be your last line of defense because once people pull a weapon, that's all that's their weakness, to be honest with you. That's their weakness because they're depending on that weapon rather than depending on themselves. So they're always focused on that. If somebody puts a gun to you and you and you can grab it and pull it off to the side so it's not pointing at you, they're they're focused on getting that gun pointed back at you. They're not focused on anything else because the weapon is their downfall. That's a people's weak point. Always remember that. Tell them old Mark sent you when you take their weapon away from them. Toyota in the news again for yet another recall. People always say, well, Mark, why didn't you buy a Toyota? Well, because they forever have problems. You know, uh, they have a reputation of quality, but perhaps not the same quality. So here now we have a Tundra recall. Tundra's made in the United States. And the recall, rear axle. Um, what might happen? Well, it might fall off. Remember, we just had the Toyota uh, BZ4X recall where the wheels could fall off because somebody didn't tighten their nuts. Well, here, same thing. The axle bolts are not tightened enough, and the axle, the rear axle on the truck, could actually fall off while you're driving. <laughs> they have found a number of them where it has gotten loose also and damaged other parts because it's starting to fall off. So this is a recall. for These are new ones, and uh, this is a recall. Check for t with your Toyota dealer if you think your nuts aren't tight enough on your Tundra. But, uh, yeah, you know, they have these problems all the time. You know, another thing that I saw was a Rivian, all right? So I love reporting on electric vehicles. So they towed a trailer and 500 miles, 7,000-pound trailer, and it used $76 worth of gas. And I'm not sure if I talked about this in a previous episode, maybe, because I've been putting out a lot of podcasts. But I thought that was pretty interesting. But it had to do five stops to do 500 miles, but it only cost $76. So a regular pickup truck getting, you know, 10 miles to the gallon would go through 50 gallons of gas to go 500 miles which today would be 250 dollars so even at 15 miles a gallon you'd still save money with the electric yes but does it take longer yes because depending on the tank you might be able to get away with one stop probably going 500 miles instead of five stops and where you ha and plus with a trailer believe me it's hard enough an electric car to find charging with the trailer almost everywhere you go you will have to drop your trailer and charge and then re-hook your trailer when you leave so that is not a great way to travel a country especially when you have to stop every hundred miles to get anything done so keep that in mind now there was a just an article well as we approach independence day here in the united states of america i know there's people listening Worldwide, 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 G, worldwide. Remember that from Mankind the Morning? Okay. Whoever remembers that, send me an email. The American list of most American vehicles was put out. Now, Tesla makes the top 10 for all four of their vehicles, all right, including the top two. You know who is not in the top 10? Large pickup trucks that are made in the United States, supposedly. So these pickup trucks always put out, oh, how American we are. You know, we're all American and everything. And I'll tell you what, they are not. The top one was number 45 on the list, which is the F-150. And the Chevy uh, Silverado and GMC uh, Sierra, the large pickup trucks, are considered imports because they have so little American content that legally they're considered an import. What do you think about that? 
So when you pull up in your Silverado and talk to me about how American it is, it's in fact an import. You're better off buying a Tundra, even though it just got recalled. It has a way higher American content, and it is not considered an import because it is made here. Where they make a lot of the Chevys are made in Mexico. Not all of them, but some of them are made in Mexico. And because of their parts content, they're considered an import. That's why GM, of all places, was really pushing to get the uh, new North American Free Trade Agreement set up. I forget what the new one's called. Three-way agreement or whatever it's called. Um, but uh, to get that set up because that reduces the taxes to, I think, to zero right, tariffs on imports from Mexico. Because that's what their trucks are. So uh, you may want to take that American sticker off your Silverado. Now, Car and Driver did a thing about choosing the best car to learn to drive a stick in and i guess this is if you're teaching your kids or maybe for yourself or whatever and they're like oh you know nsx and you know you know these all these weird cars the the best car that i have found to teach people to drive a stick in to learn how to drive a car you should get some kind of v8 powered stick shifted car that's generally the best way to teach someone because they don't have to uh you know mash mash it and try to slip the clutch just perfectly when you have you know 50 horsepower like my old metro xfi <laughs> trying to drive that thing around because you don't have any power to get you going so it makes it a lot harder for people to learn and the more slippage you do of course the more you burn your clutch out where a v8 powered car i like the, actually the old corvettes are very good to learn to drive a stick in because there's so much torque you can just let the clutch out and get going and then then you can master, you know, hills and stuff like that a little bit easier where it's a lot harder if you're learning to drive in a Pinto or something that doesn't have any power in it, you know, and then moving up to uh, on the column. I don't know if anybody needs to learn how to do that anymore. I've driven cars on the column. I had a Nova with the three on the tree. Uh, the last ones were pickup trucks in the early 80s. They still made a few of them. So... But you just don't see them around anymore, and people just don't do them. My wife's never even driven one of those. She can drive a stick, but never drove a column shifter one. I guess people won't learn on that anymore. But learning to drive should be, I think, on a small V8-powered vehicle for the torque. And I think it's actually easier to learn. Now, in a parking lot, and if you're the teacher, right, be a good teacher. Don't tell them, hey, you know, put it at 6,000 and move your foot to the left off the clutch. Okay, that's all that, that's super cool. Uh, that's tough on the car, unless it's a rental, and um, you're going to burn up a lot of tires that way. So I think a small V8, I think that's the best way to learn how to drive a uh, stick shift. They're all doing these goofy cars because, you know, just to get an article or whatever, but small V8, best way to learn to drive a stick. In the world, there are people, and then there are dumb people. And the prob problem is with the dumb people is they're not sterilized, so they continue to reproduce, and all we do is get more dumb people. So we go to Boston, Boston, where we find some clam chowder, and we also find two chowder heads. So they're living in a dank, humid, cinder block basement apartment. And they're like, man, this is the life. Nothing could be better than this. If only we had a glass block window, but they don't. So... Earlier in the day, they'd watched their Sally, Jesse, Raphael, but now it's nighttime, and they're like, let's go for a drive, because these two knuckleheads have a car, which is pretty impressive. So they're out at one 
1.30 a.m., you know, as you are, you just stop driving around and texting, you know, because when you drive, you got to send some texts and stuff. And kablammo, and that's the actual sound it made, they smashed in the back of a police cruiser. (laughs) So they admit texting and driving to the cop. Brilliant, right? What would an attorney say, which I'm not? Should you admit anything? No. (laughs) Right? No, probably not. Either way, they admit it. They get a ticket for that. The driver, okay, gets a ticket for it. The passenger does not get a ticket because you can text if you're a passenger. And that's what you should do. Give your phone to your passenger and have them text. All right. And I'm going to send a text and we're going somewhere. I have the wife send the text for me. Uh, so, Mark, she'll look at your phone. Okay. There's nothing in my phone. She can't see. All right. So, anyway, back to my story. <laughs> they get a ticket and the car gets towed away because it's disabled. All right. So, there you go. They get a court date on their ticket or whatever. Their car's towed away and they got to walk home. Dang it. Dang the luck. So they go to bed, presumably in bunk beds, um, and get up the next day early. They're like, let's set our alarm early because we got stuff to do. We got to fix our car. And you know what that takes? Money. And you know what people that live in a basement apartment that's made out of cinder blocks don't have? Money. And two dudes got to share a twin bed. They don't have a lot of money. So they hatch a plan. Call a cab. And where do they take the cab to? Well, they go where the money is, to the bank. They go in the bank, they rob a bank, and they leave by cab. Now, they go to another bank, and I don't know if I was the cabbie, I might think that's kind of unusual. Maybe they had an excuse. I don't know why you would need to go to two banks in the same morning, but uh, maybe the cab driver doesn't care or whatever. Anyway, it turns out, though, the first bank, they called the police. So the police are at the bank taking a report or whatever, and another bank, like three blocks away, is being robbed because they hit the little silent alarm thing. Well, the police go rush over there, but the guys just got away, but the cab is stuck in traffic, and the teller's like, it's them right there in that cab or whatever, and uh, I guess they caught it on tape or whatever. They had the cab number, and the police go up to the cab and arrest the dudes. They run their names. And they find out these two dudes are the dudes from the night before that wrecked their car against, you know, hitting a police car. And I think the moral of the story here is, number one, don't push your luck robbing banks. Only do one bank and take off. And a cab is not a good getaway car. These are some takeaways. And don't wreck your car the night before you plan on robbing banks. You're better off having your own wheels rather than waiting for a cab to come and pick you up. So both of these uh, uh, geniuses missed their Mensa meeting, which was probably that night. And they are in federal prison because you can't rob a bank. The feds don't like that. It is a federal crime to rob most banks that are FDIC insured or whatever. And it's a high, uh, you know, solve rate anyways on those. Although this one wasn't that complicated to solve. That's the thing about criminals. I guess this is why they get caught all the time because they're idiots. All right, and that goes along with some idiot here in Lafayette as a side uh, note story who just got busted with a bunch of drugs They, because it was on the news here. The state police stopped him on 65 right out here in Lafayette. It was like 92 miles an hour in a 70. And he had all kinds of drugs and money in the car. Hey, if you're going to speed, all right, don't have a bunch of drugs in your car. If you're hauling drugs between cities, kind of keep it, you know, 70, 75 out there. 
you don't have to like put the pedal to the metal. That's all I'm saying. And these geniuses also don't take a cab to a bank robbery. It's a lot of time for bank robbery too. It isn't some minor thing that gets thrown out. They will uh, go to jail for it. So just brilliant. And so that means that in Boston, Boston, there's a cinder block basement apartment available for you in case you get one of those sweet local driving jobs in Boston, which I can't imagine how great that would be to drive around in Boston traffic all day, even if it was hourly. How awesome would that be? Apartment is available for you. These two should be sterilized, which they won't be, unfortunately. And uh, unfortunately for us, we've run out of time for this episode of Trucking Answers. Be sure to check out the video uh, channel there and YouTube. Let me know if you have any reason why we're not on Mars at mark at truckinganswersnation.com. And we'll be back soon with another Trucking Answers. <laughs>